are listening to OWC Radio, episode number 63, 10 is for your thoughts. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of OWC Radio. This is episode number 64. I'm your host, OWC Grant, and around the table are the usual suspects, OWC Chris and OWC Mike H. Diving right into it. Apple reports, first quarter results, and there are just some crazy statistics here. I mean, I'm going to jump all over the place, but there was 15.43 million iPads sold during the first quarter, and that's a 111% unit increase over the year ago quarter. They sold 15.4 million iPads, a 21% unit decline. iPads or iPods? Uh, I, I'm sorry, iPods from uh, a year ago quarter. And let's go to iPhones. There was 37.04 million iPhones sold, representing 128% unit growth over the year-ago quarter. So they've also posted record quarterly revenue of $46.33 billion, record net quarterly profit of $13.06 billion, or $13.87 per diluted share. It's the highest quarterly revenue and earnings ever. And um, they just topped $500, highest stock price uh, in its history. So... Boy, obviously, iOS devices sales are up, and well, Mac uh, sales are up too, though. Are they? Yep. Hmm. But you know, when you when they get dwarfed by the iDevices, I mean, they're, they're selling like ten or eleven million Macs. Mm. And just back at the turn of the century, they're selling a million Macs a year, so they're selling ten times as more Macs as they were. You mean Apple sells Macs? Yep. Don't forget <laughs> the Mac. So, I mean, what do you guys think? Is, is There's been some rumor and there's even been some articles, um, I think, and I might be jumping ahead on topics, um, but more and more businesses are starting to use iPads as a notebook replacement. Do you think that this, with you know these kind of numbers, is the max time limited? Nope. Nope. And for the simple reason is, okay, these iOS devices, they're appliances. You can't create new content on them, or at least not very easily. Well, you can create new content on them. Just not very easily, and it's not as high quality as you can put do on a real computer. It depends on what content you're creating. If you're talking visual imagery or editing video, yeah, you're right. But if it's writing, it uh, works just as good as anything else. Except for then you have to add a keyboard because typing, I'm sorry, typing on that uh, screen like that, that's repetitive stress. Right, wait till Siri comes out on iPad 3. Oh, that's great. Now it's going to what? talk what? to people. It's going to no, be voice dictation. recognition? Dictation. Ugh. Wow. Siri does dictation on the iPhone 4S. Why wouldn't it do dictation on iPad 2, uh, 3? Hmm. I mean, you can crank out a blog post like a rough in like 20 seconds. Well, maybe. my 10-year-old will be thrilled because he's yeah. trying to, to learn how to touch type, and it's just elbows and whatever <laughs> else you can throw in there. Yeah, I mean, and you can, you know, as far as email goes, I mean, I could type pretty fast in the iPad now. Yeah, it just... Doing a lot of typing on it. Yeah, it's not ergonomic. I tried it, and you know, for, I'm, I am a touch typer. I'm not a thumb and forefinger tapper, and I was disappointed. I, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I'm still. Now, granted, I, I'm, you, you can pair it with an Apple Blue right. keyboard, or for that matter, they have different yeah, cases great. and stuff like that. In yeah, that case, it works in. great. But stand up and type away. Yeah. Well, you could you, write a book on it. Do you think that perhaps or. Uh, Transcribe a book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk adults. about that later. And then when you get Siri powered with it, you could just speak the book and it would write it for you. Yeah, except for you. What if they. Yeah, I'm, I've never been a big fan of uh, dictation? Uh, dictation software. Okay. Huh. All right. Well, well what I was going to go, <laughs> where I was going with this is um, softball. Do we think that 
perhaps this is all a grand plan. If if Apple really is this smart and and forecasts out 10, 20 years, I mean, obviously the Air captivated the public's attention, and that's where all these netbooks, or not netbooks, what, what's the new? Ultrabooks. Ultrabooks, thank you. Um, well, that's are, what the PC industry is calling a MacBook Air, where right, the right. Mac community calls it a MacBook Air. But is there going to be a convergence to where the iOS devices are preparing people for a really slimmed-down computer to kind of lower their expectations a little bit about, you know, obviously it won't have a CD-ROM drive, it'll have a few ports on it, it'll have a small display. I mean, is this, do you think there's a possibility of this, that that's what, you know, these iOS devices, the grand scheme of it will be some sort of merging of the Air and an iOS device so that there is the, the dual functionality? Well, they're already on the way anyway with uh, Lion, or iOS 10, mm. or as I like to call it, OS 10 Vista. You're so negative on Lion. It's just fine. It's <laughs> it's not as revolutionary as they wanted to say it is, and it's just kind of... It's it, faster. Not really. All my apps are faster. Using I, Lion. Actually, I noticed a little bit of a slowdown in some. Well, slowdown in some. Uh, it's kind of funny because you guys both kind of looking at me like I'm the referee. I'm like, hey man, nah. you know, dude, go to the mats. <laughs> it, it's just it, to me, I've, I'm underwhelmed. It doesn't. Work. Well, they've changed some UI stuff, so if you're getting slowed down by the UI changes, I mean, UI. Cha- well, no, I'm talking about just lo- launching apps is not always as fast. It actually sure. takes, takes longer for some of my uh, apps to launch. Doesn't... I kind of keep them on the whole time, so I don't wait for them to load. I, mean, yeah. I, I keep my memory op- as open as possible. All right, so based on all of the, the results, though, do you think Apple's going to focus more on iOS, or are they still going to... Oh, they're going to focus on iOS. They, they, the they have been. Hmm. So what does that mean for Mac users, then? It's well, going to suck. It's not going to suck. It's just, <laughs> they're already bigger than they were before. The Mac Mini is bigger. iPod iPad and uh, iPhone have been a Halo product for the Mac. That's why the Mac's selling more. Right. So it gets you in there. It's like, oh, this is this reliable. Holy cow, I was used to the PC universe. And so people that jump from a PC to an iPad, they go, wow, it can really work like this. It can work like an appliance. I've always called Macs an appliance. I can use it for, I always have them on. I hardly ever restart them. They just always work. I mean, they're not perfect. There are things that break on them. But as far as compared to the PC counterpart, complete difference. So I might be able to sum this up by saying, you know, it's like kind of going to the dance with your favorite girl. She might be looking a little old and her dress is a little ratty at times, but you know what? She got you there, and you shouldn't forget how nice it is to dance with her. So that's my analogy of the the Mac and for Apple and that they shouldn't forget what got them here, and they should, you know what? They've always been a money company. Why kill the golden goose? I mean, it's just not as golden. I mean, I always view iOS as Mac OS X. When it first came out, it's like, this is, a, this is a version of Mac OS X, and then they just relabeled iOS. Parts work differently, but the reliability is still there. But, I mean, if you think about the last decade, what they've had a hit with, you've got iMovie, the iLife Suite, Final Cut Pro, OS X, the App Store, MacBook Air, iPad, iPhone, iPod, iTunes, the Music Store, iMac, and iBook, all piecing off back to the original iMac and iBook launch to 99. I mean... They've been on a tear. So their next big thing is expanding on what they have. Well, there's two sides to every coin. Apple's doing record numbers for the first quarter. However, the quality of their tech support is reportedly to have declined in 2011. Now, I'm going to bias this a little bit because the way that the report was written makes it sound like, oh, Apple's customer support just stinks now. 
And it's still number one. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's complaints regarding the wait times and call automation have led to a decline in customer satisfaction. The quality of their phone support has declined significantly over the past year and a half and is slowly sinking to reported levels of its competitors. It saw a 19% decline of customers who were very satisfied with their call compared to 5% and 2% drops in call satisfaction from Dell and HP, respectively. So first off, uh, has anybody even dealt with Apple customer service at all here at the table? Lately, no. Uh, last time I dealt with them was uh, 99, 2000, right around there. I think it was 99 when I uh, bought my Sawtooth G4. Okay. Yeah, uh, here and there during the last decade, I've dealt with them. They've been fine. Okay. Yeah, I, I haven't. I guess no. Hello, this is Pecky. <laughs> <laughs> Hold, please. No, Pecky here. Uh, what I read, and it's kind of coming off our other story about the growth of iOS devices, is and and Chris is going to love this. I just I can see him like salivating at it. It comes down to that you're introducing people that really aren't technically right. uh, astute. Where's the on-off button? And that's why the volume of calls have increased and the, I guess, consumerization, if it's not immediately solved, the person already is irritated when they call. So no matter what the call rep does, they're going to be unhappy. Yeah, it falls into that category of uh, I'm entitled to have everything work exactly right, even though I'm using it wrong. Well, and here's here's the beauty of it. I, I looked up this research because, you know, as, as if listeners, if you don't know, I'm the marketing and brand manager, so I often dive into details. And the research company was called Vocal Labs, um, not exactly a household name that I've ever heard of. I mean, we've quoted a lot of different research firms here like Gartner and mm-hmm. IDC and a bunch of other people, and uh, I've never heard of Vocal Labs, but here's the gig. 4,852 customers were interviewed between uh, May of 08 and December of 11. Not exactly a really big survey section. I guess I just, I look at those numbers and I'm like, you know, I'd be, it'd be different if it was like 40,000, maybe 400,000 when we're talking about what? 37.4 million iPhones were sold just in the first quarter. 15.43 million iPads were sold in the quarter. Gee, Vogel Labs, did you have trouble finding a few Apple owners in this country? I mean, give me a break. Well, there are fewer Apple owners in the country, but no, um, you said 2008 It's that started. So yeah. that would include things like the iPhone 4 antenna debacle. Mm. So, okay, Good yeah. Point. You know, so if they talk to them... But everybody's right still it, using your iPhone 4s out there might be shrugging going, what debacle? I'm still using it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, this media overhyped thing? That is an issue, but... Antenna gate. Yeah. Not as an issue as it was hyped up. They don't work. Wait, Ty- they, type they that do. word in on our blog and you'll read our take on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't work if you don't hold them right. But yeah. but the point is a lot of people would be upset of you're holding it wrong. I have to hold it a certain way. Well that's you know so that could that could actually contribute to some of the lower numbers. And just the fact that, you know, the more people you have the more people are going to complain. Right. Well, you have a lot of people... Just, just percentage-wise. I'm going to go the premium route. You have a lot of people who are, you know, before your Mac users were usually Mac advocates, and so they're willing to pay the premium, and so they're viewing through, you know, a different type of filter on their mentality. Mm-hmm. So when you got people who maybe they couldn't afford it or maybe they're stepping up to and view it as a ton of money instead of being a moderate amount of money, they view it as a premium product, and the darn thing better be perfect. And if it doesn't work as they perceive it should work, then they're going to call and complain a little bit more, and they're going to view it in a different filter. Um, happens in the auto industry, too. People buy a real expensive car. They 
they ding everything. If a little bolt comes loose, they don't tighten themselves, take it in for repair and under warranty or whatever. It's just one of those things. So as they, Apple's reached general status, they're part of the culture of the U.S., if not becoming part of the culture of the world and in their devices and how they're used. So you just have that premium product status, and people expect maybe some things that are unrealistic and probably some things that are realistic. So it's good that people are calling Apple out for when they do make an error, and then you have different expectations happen as well. I guess it still comes down to the, the tone of the article and how one can take it. When we say that the tech support declined in 2011, it's down 19% you still have to realize that its customer satisfaction index level is still higher than any of its competitors ever have been. Right. It's not like, you know, even though, and and we said, what, Dell dropped uh, 5% and HP dropped 2% respectively, they never have even been at Apple's quote-unquote lowest level. Mm -hmm. I, I found some other research. There was a company called ACSI back in 2009. They had Apple still slipping, but it had the second highest satisfaction lead over a competitor measured in any industry mm. so in all the industries in this country and well in the world apple still had the second highest satisfaction ranking of any other company in the world right. and you can bet yeah. apple's focused on this so they're going to look at the if this report's true i mean if you have another report come out just a month later going well it's only down five percent not 19 right. percent. so it's like okay that'll they'll deny the, the current report but apple will look at it they know their real numbers and go well We'll improve it. Well, you know, and I guess, you know, how does this tie into OWC? If listeners know, I mean, I'm, you know, one of the chief cheerleaders, uh, but for a valid reason. And, you know, someone once accused us of being obsessed with customer service, and I said, thank you. I think that it would be interesting to see what Apple's reaction is to this versus what ours would be. If we got some sort of report that we were even down 2%, maybe even 1%, and some sort of customer satisfaction rating, pardon my language, but there'd be hell to pay. I mean, this would, everyone sitting at the table here is nodding their heads. There would be no heads. OWC podcast anymore. Well, there would be a lot of discussions going on. So, I mean, you can you could rest assured listeners that, uh, you know, at least at OWC, uh, while I may be kind of soft, you know, handing this 19% decline for Apple, you know, we, we take it really seriously, and uh, we, we do monitor a lot of different things to see what our customer feedback is. And, you know, we know that, you know, besides our cool and, and awesome and high-performance products, it really comes down to us serving you. And uh, we never take that for granted. And part of our mission statement, really, we, it's kind of an unofficial mission statement. Part of it is, is we exist to serve the customer. In Microsoft Windows e-news, which is always related to Apple being the big competitors, Windows Phone 8 is to address the perceived inability to compete with iPhone and Android later this year. I mean, it, that's usually typical in Microsoft. Just you wait till later this year when we're actually going to compete with you. I mean, I remember when the iPhone came out and Bill Gates was like, you wait in two years, we're going to have something. <laughs> like, okay, you go ahead and have something. So, I mean, they're trying all this other different stuff, like uh, opportunities for developers to reuse their code and when they're working with Windows and Windows Phone and desktop and all that. Um, there's a shocker. They're scrapping Zune, and they'll adopt an iCloud-like strategy for the you, seamless sharing. You know, I want, I want to I want to address that for a second. Isn't that fun? Zune, Zune was going to be like you know the second messiah. On nope. our, they made the mistake everybody else makes. If you call your product an iPhone or iPad or iPod killer, it instantly is not. <laughs> but but I guess <laughs> what would I, like I, thought see is, I thought their main problem was that they made a brown one. The one that looked like it came out of. <laughs> Whatever. A baby's diaper? A baby's diaper. Good, clean okay. way to put it. Okay, but this is what... I, okay, 
there was so much hype. When does a company come out and say, you know, we were just wrong? I would respect a company that much more rather than just this quiet little go away into the night. And I wonder how many people out That's there. It's bad PR. It's not <laughs> bad. Continue on. No, I think it's good PR in that you, you're admitting that you know what we've actually we learned from this and we're going to actually have something better in the future. Well, like the big you said, bald idiot still in charge at Microsoft. <laughs> so when he gets out of there, he may have somebody who's you know. Oh, God, the egos, please. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So. And and the fun thing is Microsoft does this whole thing. Well, we've been talking about the cloud long before Apple delivered the it. The cloud. <laughs> but you, you talked about it. Yeah. But you didn't deliver it. Yeah. Jesus. All you were with hot air. It's just, your cloud. Oh, man. But we talked about it first. Or just you wait. It's, it's thematic in what they're going to do. Oh, just you wait. we got to wait for Apple to come up with something so we can invent <laughs> something and rip it off. And then they plan to eventually integrate Skype's proprietary video conferencing, which is cool. I mean, FaceTime came out last year, so about time you catch up to that. But FaceTime's like the bomb. It's free. So if you have to sign into a Skype account or something, that's going to get a little Microsoft-y. Sign in to do this. I just hit the little button, and there's your person you're talking to. It's very cool. Yeah. And also, they're, you know, what's new, Windows Phone, they're going to actively attempt to give Wi-Fi connections, you know, precedence. Huh. Well, okay iPhone's done that since like day one. Wouldn't that be? But kinda... Macs have done that forever too. So it's like, why don't you just do that? So, so to speed this whole thing up, basically, all these new features that they're announcing um, is basically okay. Yeah, we saw that in the iPhone already. So it's kind of like when nope, Windows ninety. 90- you got. They intend to deliver proxy server scale down data, like uh, Opera Mini or uh, Amazon Silk browser, because that was deemed a piece of garbage. So I might as well copy something bad to add to something. Yeah. Oh yeah, possibly good. They yeah, could make something good, and they just want to kill it I by copying someone else. If you stopped on iOS, and God, no. that sucked. Well, and then Amazon Silk. I mean, that was interesting when the Kindle Fire came out for demo, and everybody's like, "This is really cool and fast." And you actually use it, like, "This is really kind of okay." It doesn't work as advertised. And then here's why Windows phones have been terrible. They've been based off in CE this whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh God, <laughs> CE's been out since what? Oh two. Oh three, maybe it's been out for a while. Early two thousands, that's for sure. So let's hopefully they can rewrite a <coughs> OS that'll work. But it is Microsoft. But it does make one sense. I mean, Android's actually hurting itself with all the segmentation and malware issues they're getting. I mean, their their customer base being loyal. I mean, if you really hate Apple for whatever reason, then that's your phone for you. But you're dealing with malware, non-upgradable phones, no security updates issued because the security updates are issued by the carrier, not by Google. So get, and all the phones have different UIs, so and different app stores for different carriers, and it just—it's a, a real mess. Yep. So it—it it does make sense to me, and I said it before that the Windows Phone is most likely the phone in the future that can, and the tablet that can compete with iOS because it's the other OS maker. It's not an also ran or attacked on Android. It's someone else who does have the OS experience and does have a hell of a lot of market share in the world. So it makes sense. Microsoft can write that ship. They can be late to the party. They have they have enough money. Not money like Apple does. It's kind of different now. Apple has twice the money of Microsoft and then some. What they have to do, though, is they have to do it better. It's one thing to be late to the party, but you got to basically do it better than everyone else. They don't have to do doing. it better. They just have to do it better than Android. They don't have to do it better than iOS. Yeah. Android's easy to do it better than. Just as long as you do centralized security updates and you keep that thing secure. You already beat Android. Wait a minute. Did you just say Microsoft and secure? 
Mm-hmm. I didn't. I thought those. Were I said two. security updates. I didn't say they were secure. I was going to say they have to. Well, security and Microsoft are kind of mutually exclusive terms, anyway. There's a lot of Microsoft fans out there who might fight you on that too. But you can have a secure Windows machine. They're out there. You got smart yeah, people out there. That you know don't how go to use online them. or yeah. don't turn it on. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't go to Yahoo. <laughs> as long as you keep the internet disconnected, you're yeah. okay. Okay. For the most part. But then the big thing is you got Windows on ARM, which was announced this week, that they have demos for. And they're, and this kind of clouds, like, how the heck are they going to make it so people can code for the phone and the desktop and all mm-hmm. that? If they're going to put Windows on ARM, it's a completely different architecture. Well, the reason for that is the future thing we talked about earlier in the podcast is five years out, if everybody's going to be on a tablet and it needs to be on ARM, Windows better get on ARM or the computer share is going to go down. If people are able to replace... Not the complete computers, but probably 90, maybe 80% of their computing, what they need to do with an iPad or iDevice or something. Windows has a lot of trouble in the future. Back over onto the Apple side of things, uh, they're actually finally doing something useful with uh, the iPad and diving into the education market here even further. Um, They're already popular in education. There's over one and a half million iPads currently in use. They've uh, updated iBooks to iBooks 2, which uh, now supports uh, education-specific features to help budding students. Things like e-textbooks, partnering with Pearson, McGraw-Hill, and Houghton Mifflin, which are responsible for 90% of the textbooks sold in the country, as well as uh, DK and E.O. Wilson Foundation, who are also uh, educational booksellers. Uh, textbooks themselves are going to cost about fourteen ninety nine or less, uh, which is a lot better than the eighty bucks for a paper textbook that I was buying in college, if not more. What happens if you lose your uh, iPad? Do you get a replacement uh, e textbook? No, you store them in iCloud. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're, that's they're, true. They're, they're right. still stuck them up to your iTunes account. Okay. Yeah, so you got they're iCloud still backed up. They're, iTunes it's just like buying a music. If you lose your iPad or you lose your iPod or iPhone, your music is still. Well, there you go. Available. There's there's an advantage right there because if you lose your your paper uh, textbook, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to kind of push that, they've also released a uh, iBooks Author, which is a application. Uh, it was Lion only and iPad only. Yes, and right. iPad only. I haven't quite gotten there yet. Okay. Um, it's it's Lion only. Basically, allows you to write uh, these textbooks to go into. Uh, we'll write and design, and we'll get to that. Design, yeah. layout, add all the text and lay and fun stuff like that that you normally do. You know, the publishing companies would normally do and whatever in program like in design, in design or Quark or terribly hard. So they're taking all these things and they, they made it into one simple program it's very much like pages actually um where you do yeah, very similar to an iLife type yeah, application an iLife app basically you can publish your classroom materials well, that'd be an iWorks app sorry yeah iWorks you can publish uh classroom materials for free each book will be approved in the same way that the app store approves uh, applications apparently uh copyrighted works if you're using any uh have to be strictly cited and referenced in order to pass muster whatever that means uh, basically if you're referencing other books you have right. to you have to cite them and no infringement right just can't lift it and go yeah you can't copy book you know something out of one out of the encyclopedia britannica and drop it in there and say you wrote it um, you have to be able to publish the books for free, or you'll be able to publish your books for free, uh, or charge up to fourteen ninety nine. Uh, there's a fixed profit share model, uh, seventy thirty between yourself and Apple. Um, and any book that you publish has to be exclusive to iBooks. Yeah, a lot of people got mad about that. Oh yeah, yeah, that and the thirty percent share. 
Yeah, thirty percent share is actually about the same, if I'm not mistaken, as they do for the app stores. Yeah. So. They handle distribution. They've got the credit. It's just the same as the music store arguments. Like they're doing all that work and they're only charging thirty percent. Okay. Yeah, it's still better than what you'd be getting going through a publisher. Oh yeah. Well, the main questions really are: is how fast do you see schools converting to iPads this way? I would really love to see that actually happen. Yeah, the cost savings, student engagement, yeah. all that stuff. You do have the issue of maintaining these digital devices. So now your IT department may need to be a little larger than the one mm-hmm. person. So you, I you would like to see this. I would like to see this actually happen more towards the college level. Yeah, well, the, the I, I college just, level's already starting now. They're not, starting not the it, textbook side of things, but as far as everyone being told you have to have a laptop to come in, mm-hmm. or they can do an iPad if they so want. Yeah, the the, the thing with the with the book materials though is like what Grant oh, yeah, said. Dude. It's like it's you know eighty bucks in materials, and these books weigh about as much. Well, you as have you, cost savings. You have yeah. updatability. You have highlightability. You mm-hmm. have note taking. Yeah, the the main problem has always been though that a lot of or a lot of professors. You know, require books that they wrote. Mm-hmm. So, in order to publish them, they self-publish. They they go, but they go through a publisher, right? Usually, and then they have these hardcover books, which and know, based they, on the rights agreement they sign, they might right. have full rights to it or whatever. Right. This way, they can now take all these course materials, uh, toss them into i into iBooks, mm-hmm. and distribute them a lot more effectively. Well, you know, I was doing some reading, and the publisher's main complaint is is that they're basically, they have this content already, so why should Apple get 30% of what already exists other than that they help the distribution model? They, they felt it a little pricey, but even more importantly is iBooks author, you can only export to PDF and text only, so no slideshows, no HTML widgets, and because of that, like what if someone wants to read a... a I'm not sure that it works if you can go through like a Kindle reader or something like that. But basically, a publisher has to create multiple ebook variants. Yeah, now. that is. So yeah. there's a hell of a lot of work. Well, and they have to kind of anyway. What do you mean? They they have to design for the form they're they're building for. Yeah. So you you have your basic Amazon Kindle. You don't have any color. You don't have any interaction. You have nothing. True. So you your pub downgrades or does whatever. I mean, ePubs are not fun to make. No, they're not. There's there's a reason people. I mean, the the printer is actually just being a luddite. Apple's got the iPad. They developed the software to make it free for people, and right. yet they still complain that well, you made it free and easy for me to make it, so I still have to maintain. If you have the other ones and you're already building for them, this is just an alternate platform you can choose or choose not to. You're not mm-hmm. forced to. And, and if, if you don't want to, fine. Don't right. Go but what ahead. I'm saying is, though, is the content creator can go to a, a printer or publisher, however you want to phrase it, and say, "Here's the manuscript." Make make books mm-hmm. now. The publishers kind of ha- having to be in control unless there's going to be a you know a, a, a I guess a grassroots development level of people that say oh well, I can convert your your information into an ebook format. Well, see that's for the iPad thing. or because yeah. most people won't want to do the ePub. Yeah, because it's so they're going to convert and and uh, iTunes or iBooks author also is you have if you're going to publish. Via iTunes, mm-hmm. it has to be exclusive. However, at the same lungs, well, line, has, I don't know. I don't know if you got to take a look at the at least the sample books. On that. Yeah, it's it, it's only you can't sell the iBook mm-hmm. format on something else. Well, you can't export it anywhere else anyway. Right. There's a file though. You can try to, yeah. if you, if someone tries to make a reader that can read it and parse it or do whatever, which you know they will. They're saying you can't do that. The content doesn't have to be locked into iBooks at all. 
You can you can resell it, make another pub out of it. Wow. Apple's clarified they're legal on that just like a week ago, so that, that's all cleared up for that. But I mean, the people complaining that oh, I got to make you're making it anyway for the other things. If there's this new format, it makes it easy to put. I mean, I've downloaded, use it. This thing's really easy. It's mm-hmm. you almost wish like how can they didn't do this with apps? And you go well, they don't exactly have nobody knocking at the door to make apps. They kind of need to process of removal. If you don't know how to make it, maybe you shouldn't type thing, but this is really simple and easy to do. Yeah, I, I downloaded it as well, and it, it's actually fairly nice. Uh, yeah. It doesn't... Yeah. My main... I get to see the features, like people that really want to do it go, wow, I can do this now. And if mm-hmm. you think of the publishers as a middleman, the middleman is just complaining about being cut out. For textbooks, it is really nice. I mm. kind of wish there was one uh, a version that would work a little bit nicer for just straight books. Right, that's that's the where I want to go. That's why I'd be lim- like I view the 14.99 price as limiting. I see that Apple wants to limit it down so to change the pricing model cuz they mm-hmm. view it as too expensive and to kind of set education free by making it cheaper, mm-hmm. efficient, more affordable. But then yeah, I mean you could make a, a textbooks into a book, but you you're limited to the No, I'm just talking about rather than just making textbooks with you know, which are iPad only. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about your straight up uh just digital books, you know. Say you're a self-published author, mm-hmm. you know. Say you're you're writing a novel. You could write a novel in iBooks. You just don't any. You don't add any visual flair. Yeah, the problem it. is, is the exporting process or mm-hmm. putting it up onto iTunes or however you want to distribute yeah, it. Goes it. Into... Yeah, it it's only works on the iPad. So those who have well, an iPhone, of course, they made it for that. I understand that, yeah. but that's where I'm seeing a limitation because, okay, say you're just writing a novel, text only, you know, or maybe little pictures at the top, but right. basically text only um, to get that onto, say, your iPhone or on an iPod Touch to give the kids to read in the car. Mm-hmm. I, I think Apple probably most likely tried to put it on i, I an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Just with the, all the multimedia stuff, yeah. Oh, it yeah. For the just mo- didn't work yet, right? Maybe I'd, they can get something to make it work. I'd like or, to see or an option, text only. Yeah, a text only yeah, option. That was kind of limiting. We're like, oh man, this would be nice if I could have it on the iPhone, but the iPhone has to be text yeah. with highlights. And all the that the stuff. thing on that is, is that they're not going to support it. What I read was they're not going to support it because it's such a small screen that right. I mean, I've read a book. Well, on yeah, if you're doing before, the multi, but... yeah, because they're also going to push the multimedia on it. Yeah. Well, even just reading though, reading on the iPad is more like reading like a book. Yes, it is, yeah. and I actually do read a lot of books on my iPad. Right, and once I got my iPad, I stopped reading any books on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. I just absolutely because I had a couple I bought from the Amazon Kindle store that was mm-hmm. on iOS and all. I mean, that. I still read them on my uh, my Touch mm-hmm. when I'm somewhere where. You know where I haven't brought my iPad. Well, I have right. the touch, and I can continue on where I left off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I, I see this as huge. This is like almost. This is a great first step, but I'm, I'm I think there's more steps that can be taken. I mean, I, I view it technologically like as like a liberative step, like the internet was for mm-hmm. letting people get their word out. Mm-hmm. You could actually just say, "I'm going to make my own textbook." I think you guys are creating it wrong, and maybe you got a collaborative teacher group of like five people. Like, we can do mm-hmm. this better. And we're tired of going through, you know, all the bureaucracy that we have to go to get it approved. We're just going to make our own. Okay. And if they see they can beat it, they've just been liberated to go do that and have a platform to go do that. And so the publisher's going, no, 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 we own this marketplace. You, you go through us. Well, we touched on this uh, a little earlier. Success breeds lack of use, maybe not contempt, but lack of use in that 12% of iPad owners in the business setting, are no longer using their laptop. And 
Uh, there's a lot of statistics on this, actually, that go even deeper. Um, Three-quarters of respondents say that they carry their laptop around less now that they own an iPad. Uh, 6% of respondents said the iPad has completely replaced their desktop, while 33% said the iPad has partly replaced their desktop. Uh, the most common use of iPad among professionals is web browsing, uh, which 79% said they always use the device for. 54% said that they use the iPad as a most common use for work communication. Uh, 91% of professionals who own an iPad say they use the device at work. 51% always use the iPad at work. So, obviously, <laughs> uh, the iPad has certainly uh, integrated itself into the professional workspace. And, and that goes into Macs being more adopted in the enterprise yeah. as well. Because of the yeah, Halo which we effect. talked about well, yeah. last week, I yeah. think, or last month. Yeah, it's just crazy. But I guess, again, two sides to every coin here. When I listed that they were browsing, reading, and communications, what productivity are they actually performing? I mean, <clears throat> that's kind of a loaded question because, you know, you could be researching, right. and that's browsing. Mm -hmm. So. Right. You know, That's how I view it, because I don't presume to know other people's jobs 100%. There, some could be research-intensive. Others might call browsing what they usually do on the corporate intranet. Hmm. So their definition of browsing might be off. So are we talking like the VP level, where all they do is just kind of browse all day and then wait for reports and you know their staff to come in and actually do work, or what? Oh, geez. So, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, let's, you know. You yeah, know. there are people out here who, out there who don't do their job. And there are tons who do it as well. So I'm not going to presume that all the executives aren't doing their jobs out there either. But, I mean, it's just an ease of use. I mean, you can pick it up and walk with it. Hey, hey, Bob, go take a look at this over here. And, you know, you're walking 20 feet away from your desk. Hey, did you see this article about us yeah. in... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Or emailing. You know, it's just an iterative design, more accessibility of using that data. It's kind of like when the iPhone first came out, the whole Apple thing. It's the internet in your pocket. And it's like, everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you really live it. And you're like... Okay, I see what you're saying. Of course, the main thing that we that remains to be seen is how well the iPad can create TPS reports. <laughs> well, Salesforce.com is loving it. So, because mm -hmm. you got all those too, where people are reporting in through like uh, this, go into a web-based uh, management system or uh, whatever for sales leads or whatever. Mm -hmm. And some people might view that technically as browsing, but they're not. Mm -hmm. They're listing stuff out, data entry, and all that type of stuff too. Mm -hmm. And so. Yeah, a lot of web-based apps. Yeah. The Internet was supposed to make it OS agnostic. You're not supposed to care if you're a Mac or a right. PC because it works that way. And with the iOS devices like iPad, it's actually coming to fruition where it just needs a solid web browser and go. All right, so my next question was going to be, but I think I'll, I'll answer or I'll ask the question with the answer and see if you agree with it. The iPad really has become a supplement in the workplace, not necessarily a replacement of any technology. And that really just depends on what your work need is. Hmm. And depends on what you actually do. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see, that's why MacBook Air, when it first came out, even though it was deemed kind of like a failure among the Mac community, among the jet setters, people have to travel a lot. And the executives, they wanted the Air for its lightness. They didn't want mm -hmm. to travel around with something heavy. And now you got an iPad, which is a lot lighter. So they could do their browsing and, yeah. and reading. And, but and the battery life. You have 10 hours battery life. No laptop right. touches that. To me, personally, just as a user in general, I would see it as a supplement. Mm -hmm. um, for the most now, part. if I now for some reason you guys decide to send, you know, OWC decides to send me to somewhere, Las Vegas. I, okay, send me to Las Vegas. Oh, Fabulous Las Vegas. That's 
probably just not a good idea. But uh, <laughs> they send me. Well, we should dive into that a little no, deeper. I think I'll leave it now. But uh, wherever they decide to, you know, say they decide to send me somewhere. Now my laptop, yeah, I'll bring that along. But it'll probably be in my carry-on luggage or in or you my. Or leave it in the hotel room when you Or leave, leave it in the hotel. But just going through security, you know, mm. in, in the midst of being pr- he can't stripped, take, he probed, can't, he and. He doesn't uh, have a camera on his notebook to where he can yeah. take the, the opportune picture at the right time. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, aside, aside from all the invasive security things, it's just one less thing I have to carry, and it's, st- it's going to handle. Most of what I'd be doing on the plane, right. you know, which is, you and know, then you have to ask yourself, what do you need to produce if you're just doing right. one word? Could you just carry a little keyboard with you and go, mm-hmm. or do you need to actually post go and be able to make an image or whatever? Yeah, Maybe I, you don't want to limit yourself too much. Yeah, if I'm doing, you know, if you send me to Las Vegas to do cover some convention or another, and you want me to write a blog post, yeah, I could probably do that on the iPad. Probably post it to WordPress right through yep. the browser. Works just fine. Yeah, uh, but if I need to do an image for that, I, I might probably bring along the laptop just simply because it's easier. Yeah, you're gonna be fighting the different apps and saving right. photos and getting it up. So it's a supplement. All right. Well, good. well, for it's me, both. for wow. me, it would be for me, it would be a supplement for others who might just be doing straight up text or straight up something else. They might be able to get away with it for that purpose. Actually, while we're talking about uh, whether it's a repla- things that can be replaced, uh, big question uh, lately that's been brought up is: Do we still need an iPod? With the iPad and the iPhone having extremely uh, strong sales, uh, the iPod saw a decline of twenty-one percent to uh, fifteen point four million units being sold worldwide. The uh, iPad it's still a large number. It's still a <laughs> wow. buttload of them, but it's a lot. It, it the overall sales. Are declining. Mm-hmm. Uh, the iPhone and the iPad all have. Uh, they are. Yeah, iPods. They're iPods. They're just really big ones. Or well, the iPhone or or is iPhone that much bigger than or an iPhone or has built-in phone functionality in it. The um, iPod Touch is yeah. smaller than the old classic. Right. Yeah. But all the old iPods or all the iP- actual just straight-up iPods, they don't have the features that the iPhone has. Uh, even the iPhone Touch, because you don't have the phone calling option. Basically, the i the iPhone is an iPod Touch with a phone, mm-hmm. or look at the other way around. Well, the internet connection. Yeah, if um, it was just the phone that would suck. <laughs> it's like no Safari, no email. Well, it you know, it falls yeah. in the same category because yeah. if, if you got a Wi-Fi, then the iPhone does, or the iPod, the iPod Touch does a lot. Does yeah, yeah. It's, I, per, it's I, perfect I, for kids who might necessarily want to have a phone yet. Yeah, or, I, or I, parents that want to introduce their kids to right. a touchscreen device. Without having a very much more expensive device, along with the possibility of any kind of phone. Well, that's issue that's or, the weird so. thing now, though, because the iPhone is now cheaper than the iPod Touch. Is it? Okay. Because yeah. you get you can get them for free with a plan or like a penny, or as you upgrade right. as you upgrade your phones. Like uh, my daughter had an iPod Touch, and you know, Daddy broke it uh, trying to clean it, and. It eventually fell flat and then cracked the screen and huh. broke the screen. And so I'm like, do I buy an iPod Touch or I just re-up my plan and get the new iPhone 4S for you know, the same price? I went with the iPhone and then we just moved iPhones down. So now she has the old iPhone 3GS. And okay. So mm-hmm. instead of buying a new iPod Touch, we just moved down the line with what would essentially be a cost-subsidized iPhone. Yeah, yeah. I bought a Touch a few years back and I... You know, I use it all the time. It's in my car. It's mm-hmm. 
replaced, you know, the old CD player or the old cassette player. Right. I mean, the, big, the biggest argument I read about this was, and, and, I, and I thought the guy really, because I was like, you know, I wonder what people are saying about this. And one guy said, there are times where you just want to listen to music and you want the mm-hmm. smallest device possible. And I mean, you, that does make sense. Like, I, if you're I'm in a, a health jogger? club. I'm in a health club every morning. Nano. And yeah, yeah, yeah because you know what? iPhone, I touch. They're just too damn big when you're trying to work out or run with one. And even with yeah. those straps and whatever, they're just. And actually, on the flip side of that, if you have the the music collection, the, you need the big class. You need you need the classic because you're just not gonna fit them all on there. Even if you do the, you, you know, don't need. You, you know what? That's just that. That's just consumerism at its worst. I mean, what if you don't need that many damn songs? Okay, I mean, sure not, you do. not to be portable and mobile. Well, you could switch it out. I would say switch out your playlist. And, yeah. Because when yeah. I when I shrunk down from a disc based iPod to a smaller base, the first Nano, mm-hmm. which was four gig, I had to really pare down my playlist. But then I found my playlists were better. I was I was listening to music that I. 100% was listening to, so I was skipping them out just so I can have my whole library. Right. Yeah. Every so often, though, there's you, you're, you're you know listening to your music and you go, man, I really want to hear this song. And it's not there. And it's not there. Yeah, that's with, happened to With me. the disc-based ones, there is still that opportunity to have all those songs there. Right. I mean, one thing, I, I, I see this article just rehashed all the time. iPods are declining. It's like, no, they're not. <laughs> they're expanding. They're in every iOS device. Mm-hmm. It's built in. It's part of the big three for the iPhone that Steve Jobs is flipping around. It's an iPhone. It's an iPod. You know, whatever. It's a phone. It's an iPod. And if you look at Android, Android does not come with a, a player. You have to download one of the crappy ones they have and then manage your music manually mm-hmm. on your PC and go for it. Apple has lessened the iPad, iPod name and the touch device by calling it just music. So it's no longer called an iPod in there. So that changes a little bit. But yeah, they did change the name of the app. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. music. But it still has all the functionality that with iTunes connectivity or now with the cloud and then the music store and all that. That ecosystem is still there. So the ecosystem is still there and works better on an iDevice. The iPod didn't go anywhere. It's just evolved into these. If all the iPods disappeared except the Nano, I would still include the iPhone, the iPad, and iPod Touch as iPods. Well, you got one for Christmas, and now I, I I don't recall. Is it the Nano that has a touch screen on it, or is it a... Yeah, Nano's got it. Yeah, see, and I think that even that, that might be the low-end model in the future that's like, because, again, introduces, because if, if Apple truly wants to cradle to grave this, they want to mm-hmm. get people using their touch screen. Well, the absolute best one for, like, you know, working out or doing physical activity or throw-around is the shuffle. Yeah, yeah I mean, that has... Screenless... A- yeah, it's got a press button. play. My daughter mm-hmm. has it, and you know yeah. what? I thought, okay, you know, and I'd never used a shuffle before. I'm like, because I'm used to iOS devices. Right. So I'm like, what? How the hell am I going to figure out what song it is? Well, you press a button, and it tells you what the next song is. And you and can I'm even like, mm-hmm. tell it to skip. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. We'll see. Shuffle to... does voice command too. Ah, okay. Next song or play this. I'll have to tell her that because I don't think she knows that. Go on Apple's website; they'll tell you what it can do. I don't. Okay. Know. I'm not sure certain what the actions are. It's been a long time since I. I think you have to press it. the button a, few, a number of times. Well, it's the mic button integrated yeah. to the headset, right, right. not the and, unit itself. Oh, I thought you were saying speak into it, and I'm like, okay. Well, you're speaking well. to the mic. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so you and, like play next or pause or something. Yeah, and huh. you can also click the button a, a number of times. Yeah, that's and what I usually do. Just kind of click it because I'll have a, this is a small device. I'll have a mm-hmm. a really active playlist where most of the songs I'm going to want to listen. Yeah, the, to. the different i iPods do have different uses. Oh, I love my kids. Just I give them things, and they just start pressing different random combinations of buttons. They're like, hey, Dad, look at it. Does this? I'm like, 
Why, why would you even think of pressing but, those three together at once and pressing them twice to see what happens? But the thing is, is each model has its own specific niche of where it fits in. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why the price points are different. There, there is overlap. I could see the iPod Touch maybe going away just due to iPhone dominance, but not everybody wants to have a phone. So right. We'll, we'll see what happens. Well, the economy is uh, slowly on the rebound. Uh, at least that's what the uh, headlines want you to believe. So we found an interesting article here. It says, how far does a penny go? And apparently they can go all the way to Mars. They uh, they attached a copper coin to a smartphone-sized plaque at the end of the robotic arm on Curiosity. And that's NASA's Mars Science Laboratory car-sized rover. It's just kind of bizarre in that uh, and it's not just a typical one cent penny it's a 1909 vdb cent and so that coin is from the first year lincoln pennies were minted it's the centennial of president abraham lincoln's birth and there's no mint mark so it's worth anywhere between eight and eighteen dollars the s mint mark version for you and is it is it pneumastic i think it's pneumastic pneumastic there we is, go is, is for is is for the adjective uh a pneumist a is a coin collector see there you go you'll you should go on jeffrey <laughs> Trebek, I'll give you. <laughs> I'll take crap only I know for two thousand, Alex. <laughs> but the if it was an estimate mark version, that would be worth twenty two hundred dollars. And uh, accompanying the penny on this uh, uh, mission is a tiny cartoon of a character named Joe the Martian. And both the coin and the character serve double duty. Both are calibration targets, and both are intended to engage the public. So um, it's NASA's dry way of engaging the public. Put a penny on it; they'll love it. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, it's something that people are familiar with. They know what it looks like, and I guess with you with, know what size it is. Yeah, you know about what the size calibration size point. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, that's for, that's actually mostly for photos and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But they they also have it so because it's going to be exposed, they can see you know it weathering. Is it going to be heads or tails? It's heads up. Ah, okay. Head is up. You know, you're going to complain about price if it's actually worth like 2200 bucks. but what's that, like half the price NASA pays for a hammer? Mm-hmm. Well, the, actually, <laughs> well, there's no mint mark. Yeah, there's so, no, okay, uh, so the, the, the version that... It's $18, so man, that thing's like cut rate. NASA pays 18 bucks for a penny? Awesome. That, that's well, actually, actually no, a cost-savings reduction over next year's budget. Actually, one of the guys <laughs> the from... Uh, one of the guys involved in the product project actually purchased the, the coin himself. It was not purchased with public funds. Um Conflict and of interest. Conflict of interest. <laughs> the whole time I'm thinking about this, there's that there's that clip in Transformers where like they like oh, going show... back to reality now. Yeah, I'm going to go back to reality. <laughs> we're we're like, see, NASA should have a sense of humor. This is as dry as a piece of toast in a corner. Right, it's very dry. But uh, connect to the public with a penny. So what they should do Put is like, well, we, we were going to target on this, but. Uh oh! What was that shadow? And do like they do, where you see like the transformer on the moon or the Mars or whatever, the, and then the camera and, just knocks over. Like, yeah, Claire and then, and then just like, and then just like, like, like five minutes later, just say, just, just kidding. kidding. I mean, you know, it worked for Reagan in his one radio episode. Uh, we're we we're, we're going to commence bombing uh, Russia in in five minutes. Well, that was or just something. a sound check. Well, yeah. and then it was live. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> so yeah, why doesn't NASA get a sense of humor? Like you know, well, they have actually in uh, in other uh, deep space probes, they've actually attached little Lego figures. Okay. Uh, they had to be specially formed. See, a machine. See the Lego melt. <laughs> no, they were, they were actually uh, specially machined out of whatever metal that they make those <laughs> yeah, it wasn't plastic, things out of. That thing would melt so fast. 
<laughs> but yeah, they're on, on the, on the probes. There's a blob here. That's the Lego, sir. There's a couple of them. Look them up on the internet. Google is your friend. Man. So my lead-in was about that, you know, maybe the economy is turning around and basically people are listening to this saying, well, great, you know, we, we've sent a penny that's worth anywhere from eight to $6,000 up into space, and uh, Why not? W- what's it getting for our tax dollars, basically? I want to stress, it's not there yet. That's yeah. true. So, Actually, I don't think it it's even launched it's yet. going to be there that's either true. with the cuts they're making in NASA, so let's hope they don't cut NASA to... Nothing, but it's it's part. It's like I said. It's well, a, the penny can help fund some projects. Yeah, sell the it, penny. It, it's a way to buy a hammer. Um, Six thousand dollars. Engage hammer. the public, get them interested in it, so that they you know when somebody says, "Hey, we're cutting NASA this, that, and that." But wait a minute, I enjoy watching the penny. Okay, that's for the more. Um, how would we say this? Gray matter enabled folk out there, but for. Joe Sixpack, okay, a penny from 1909 is not going to engage him. You need one of the three Bs, and I'll only say the one because this is a family show, and the first one is beer. So you take your guess at what the others are, but NASA better come into the 2000s here and realize that, you know, Homer Simpsons out there aren't going to give a rat's heads or tails about a penny and they should for targeting or calibrating yeah you put a one of the other three b's up there and you're all good with it what makes yeah, people ex- excited about nasa is exciting programs and they haven't had one since the 60s yeah. you've been listening to owc radio the official podcast of other world computing Have a question about something discussed or looking for the links to the articles referenced in this episode? Please stop by the Otherworld Computing blog at blog.maxsales.com for links or to leave a public comment. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you.